And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. James, you're back. It's an emergency podcast. You like emergency podcasts, don't you? Emergency? I don't know. I think it's just a good, uh, you know, it's a trade deadline. Something happened. We should probably talk about it. And also, I was away for eight days, so uh, feel I feel like a bit out of the loop. But I definitely think we should talk about this. Well, so the Leafs obviously trade for Ilya Labushkin. Uh, not a huge surprise that he's the guy that they end up getting. Obviously, Chris Tanev goes the night before. Let's just start with like your top line reaction to the trade, the the salary stuff, what they gave up. Uh, pick any lane you want and let's go. Well, I think you're more bullish on this move than I am. I my my top line reaction was kind of meh. I, I want to see what else they do before weighing in on on what they did at the deadline because you know if this is the the first move in a series of things that are coming, which it sort of looks like is what's going to happen, then I think that that's fine. Um, for what he is, I don't know. It's fine. I just I, I don't I don't see it moving the needle a lot for them. Okay, so I can I can kind of get into why I maybe like it more than you do. I have spent a lot of time scouring the league as to who fits, who doesn't fit, who who might fit. Uh, I've written about it a lot of times. I've spent a lot of time watching games, watching players. And if you just go through all, go through the exercise and look at everyone who could be available, who could theoretically be available, and you, you kind of come around to the, there's not a lot of guys. And if you look at the price tag for Chris Tanev and the price that they would have had to pay, I just, I just don't think the difference in player is enough to justify giving up a first round pick for Tanev. If you can get Labushkin for a third, essentially. You know he fits with Morgan Riley. You know he's comfortable with your team. You know he's comfortable with the playoffs. You know he's comfortable with the market. He wants to come here. And you're right. Like if that's all they do, that's not enough. Like they have other needs pretty clearly. But if that's the the first move and now you've kind of solved one big giant question mark, which is who plays with Riley, and and they could get someone else who could also play with Riley. But that was like becoming a real issue to the point like it doesn't even feel like tenable all of a sudden that they can play Brody and Riley together, you need to define a solution to that for a third round pick. He's not amazing, but he fits with Riley and he fits the playoffs. I just don't, I don't hate that. Like I, I do you see what I'm saying? Like, does any of that make sense to you? Yeah, but I don't think they were ever going to give up a first round pick for 10 F. So it kind of feels like that wasn't really the argument. Like, but I don't then, think that they had, I don't think they had those two trades beside each other and that was what they were weighing. But so who is the, who is the person then, right? Like who, who are you going to get and who is costing you that? And that can check those boxes. Like, yeah, just, well, I mean, I think it's, it's a fair point that the, the market for what's out there for defensemen to acquire is, it's not good. 
you know, I think the sellers are going to do really well. If you're Philadelphia and you're trading Sean Walker, you're probably going to get a lot more than you would in, in another year. Um, well, so, so, so just to interrupt, like you, you mentioned some of the names, so I can just like, I, I wrote about this, was it this week or last week? I don't know. It's all blending together now, but like you go through some of the names. So like Will Borgen, well, he's got another year left. Seattle doesn't have to trade him. You're gonna have to pay more. Noah Hannafin complications for lots of reasons would cost you more. Larson, same thing as Borgen. You know, David Savard is another year left on his contract. You're going to have to pay more. Tanev, we covered. Zach Bogosian, I think, makes some sense, but like he's in the same ballpark as Labushkin. He's probably not as good. I still could see a world where he makes some sense. Joel Edmondson, same kind of deal. Nick Sealer is a left shot. He's a lefty. You know what I mean? Like you just go through all the different names and it's like, well, well who, who do you want to trade for and who's going to cost you the same or, or less? And there's just not that many guys. Do you think that they've, they've obviously, they still got some cap space. Labushkin comes in at a number that's, that's really low, less than league minimum. He's going to be their cheapest defenseman that they've got. Yeah. Do you think they're adding another defenseman here? Like, do you think that that's the plan? Because if Labushkin is kind of like your six, seven play 13 minutes or, or insurance, then that seems fine. Especially now that Giordano is out for who knows how long and went on IR today. Or do you think that the next move for them is going to be something up front? I wouldn't be surprised if they added another defenseman. I guess the, the question then is who is that defenseman and where does that defenseman fit? Like, do you see if you're the Leafs, are you just kind of writing on your board Labushkin with Riley and then defenseman X to fill in somewhere else in your top four? Or do you think like, you know what, McKay Brody, we're going to go with that. And then we're looking for someone else to play on a third pair with whoever. Like I think both of those are conceivable. Like we've we talked about Hannafin at certain points. Like Boston and Tampa are. Uh, I think Pierre or Chris reported that they were both interested. What if they don't have enough to get a deal done? And like suddenly Calgary is like, okay, well maybe we'll move him somewhere else, and maybe you can't extend him. But like maybe you trade a first round pick for Hannafin even without an extension. Like maybe that's something you consider, and then suddenly that moves your puzzle pieces around. Uh, I mean, like I mentioned, Nick Sealer. Nick Sealer would fit on their third pair. Like he, he's kind of in the same mold as as Benoit. I think he's better than Benoit. So, like, I, I just think there's a lot they can do. Like James, like they still need more puck moving. I think on defense, like that, that's one of my concerns with uh, Benoit. Like, if you can get, you mentioned Walker. Like, I think he'll be too expensive, and I don't know that the fit is perfect. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, what would? I wrote about their priorities and what I think they should address. Like, what would be your next priority? Like, would it be a center? Would it be adding another defenseman? Would it be adding something else? I think that for them, the perfect deadline was get a top four defenseman and then bring in a forward that can play in the top nine. And whether or not that was going to be possible without trading the first round pick, I mean, it, it certainly would be difficult. I just, I, I think you make the one trade for Labushkin. I wonder if that's partly that they don't have a lot of confidence that they're going to be able to add another defenseman. And they wanted to make sure that, you know, before the market gets crazy on March 8th, that they at least added something. Yeah. But and, I, and something it, familiar. Well, part of the concern, I think, for me with the trade is that they, they're going to be done on defense. And I'm just not 100% sure if that's enough. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a fair point. I, I, I think they knew they could use someone else. Like, I, I think. The situation with Brody has gotten really interesting. Um, clearly now, I don't know if it's like locked in, but clearly like they would prefer to play him on the left side. Now that's not so big a deal because all of a sudden Jake McCabe 
has just become like a right side, right D option. Like he's played really well on the, the right, mostly with Benoit, obviously. Um, but I mean, maybe you get to a world where Brody Lilligren is your third player. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like there, I, I do think you're right. Like the problem with Labushkin is you're not playing Riley and Labushkin against top lines. So suddenly it's like, well, who are you going to play against top lines? And it's like, well, Brody McCabe. And then you're like, well, that didn't really go very well last year. You know, like you remember, do you remember like what happened in the playoffs with those two? Like it, it didn't go great. And I think part of that was McCabe wasn't comfortable in the playoffs. It was his first playoffs. And then Brody looked older. So like, do you have any confidence that a Brody McCabe pairing can be enough as like a top line for four rounds kind of thing? I don't, I don't know. No, I mean, we saw last year, like some of the limitations of it. So I guess that's, I don't know. I just, the, the way I have it laid out right now, I mean, not knowing what's going to happen with Giordano, but it feels like they're going to go Riley, Labushkin, Brody, McCabe, Benoit, Lilgren when Lilgren's back. And that's kind of the top six. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could also, you could move things around. You could go Brody Lilligren and Benoit McCabe have obviously played well together, but like, it's not amazing. It's like you, we saw the, I mean, you, you weren't around cause you were on vacation, but we saw the Vegas defense the other day. And that, that, that defense is like light world away from Vegas, but obviously the forwards that the Leafs have uh, are better. What do you think of like this, this double retention thing? Like that's, do you think the league should like, just, I don't know. It, it kind of seems a little silly. This whole, send another pick to a third team. Like you, why can't you just send everything to one team? You know what I mean? Like why is it, is it kind of dumb this whole setup? I guess a little bit. Yeah. Um, or they could just say, Hey, you can only retain 50% and that's the limit. I mean, that, that was kind of the spirit of the rule when they put it in is that they did, they weren't thinking that teams were going to be able to retain 75% or maybe they put in a rule and you, there's a time, you know, a guy has to be on your roster for a certain amount of time before you can retain another 50%. I don't know. I mean, or, or like you said, that- you could just, you could just say they can retain 75%, I guess. I, I, I get the argument against that, Jonas, is a team could just like add a whole, if, if everyone's at 75% retention, you could add all of a sudden add a whole bunch of pieces. Yeah. And the true. cap was, doesn't, yeah, the cap's true. like not even a factor, right? Like if, well, I was going to say, like, in, what if you, why can't a team just, uh, uh, retain a hundred percent, but then like it's exactly what you said, right? Well, you could just build the the dream team, and you could put like you know, like the they don't want the cap not to matter for the last quarter of the season, but yeah. double retention sort of, you know, they they did this last year with with remember O'Reilly came in, what was his salary? I mean, was he was like making nothing. big, he was making seven and a half million, and then they did double retention, and he came in at one point seven, right? So it makes a pretty big difference. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know what the, I mean, it's, it's creative maneuvering around the rules and it's allowed and that's fine. Um, I, I do want to get your thoughts on something else. Um, I just came from practice and, and Brad Tree Living talked a little bit about the trade. And one of the things he did address is the uh, willingness to move a first round pick. He basically said that everyone, I mean, he even kind of mentioned this, that, that people think we're not going to do this. We're not open to this. He basically said they're open to anything. Now, that can just be talk. Like it doesn't really matter what you say, it matters what you do. But I do think it's interesting because there there has been like this thought that they didn't want to trade the first round pick, like it was off limits. They didn't want to trade in their top prospects and he kind of intimated that they're open to do anything. I mean, I think you and I are aligned on this. That's smart. Um, but I do think it's interesting that he's kind of 
put it out there and said like we're open for business, which I think is what they should be doing. Do you think that maybe that means that there there's still a possibility of Hannafin? Like, are they still going to be? That's how I sure. honestly. That was one of my takeaways. Like, there aren't a lot of players like rental players, like he even kind of alluded to the fact that they would be careful with what he called short-term help, but he didn't say, like we've heard Kyle Dubas say in the past, like, I won't trade, you know, a first-round pick for a rental. Um, he didn't say that. He just said they would be careful. So yeah, that honestly, that's my where my mind met, went because there aren't a lot of rentals that you would want to pay a first-round pick for. He is obviously one of them. Like, I mean, if he wouldn't sign, would you still be open to that? I, I think I would. Yeah, I think I could at least. Well, it's interesting that I mean their their top competition in the Atlantic are starting to are looking hard at him, right? And right. I I would want to have conversations, right? I would want to have conversations with the agent and say, "What what are our chances here?" I mean, if there's zero percent chance of bringing him back, that makes it a tougher sell. But at least you're adding like a really a difference making player the way that they did with O'Reilly last year. Yeah. I mean, they didn't know when they traded for O'Reilly that they were going to be able to re-sign him. Like, I guess the difference would be it feels more like the door is not, if not closed, then like almost all the way closed. Whereas O'Reilly, it it seemed like conceivable that they could re-sign him. Like, is that the difference? Yeah. I mean, they certainly made a push to try and keep O'Reilly, you know, and I think the thought was that he was such a good fit. I don't know. There seems to be a climate in the front office right now that they just really don't want to trade first round picks for rentals anymore, which they've done for, for, for years. So yeah, I mean, maybe they finally hit a wall where they just feel like they don't have enough assets in the cupboard. I mean, it's just talk again, but like, it sounds like they were, they're at least open to it. I mean, like you can't be, you can't be closed off to it. Like what if someone who you didn't think was going to be available, who has term on their contract becomes available how could you not be willing to trade your first round pick? Like I get, I mean, oh, I, you know, you're saying if someone that has term on their deal, I mean, yeah, I, like I, think I brought if, up Adam Larson, like, I mean, maybe well, we Seattle talked about, said, yeah, go ahead. We talked about Alexiak. I mean, yeah, for I would put the first round pick in play for sure. For someone that's got some term on the deal. hundred well, percent. You mentioned Tampa and Boston. So I'm looking at uh, cat friendly. Boston does not have a first round pick in 2024. And it looks like there's like a conditional. They, I guess, they sent their pick in 2025. Is well, Tampa's traded a ton of picks. For, Tampa does not know. have a first round pick this year or next year. Right. So I, I mean, in theory, in theory, like they can trade other stuff, but like you could potentially beat the offer. I guess for Hannafin, I, I guess it would take other stuff. Like I think they, I think the reporting has been that it would be a first, a roster player and a prospect. So, right. Right. So a lot, especially if like you can't re-sign him. But I don't know, like maybe you get him here and like he likes it and he's like, you know what? This is basically America's like Canada or Canada's a little like America, Toronto especially. I don't know. Who knows? Do you think that is there a world where like they obviously kept their their powder dry for lack of a better term to still add in their mm-hmm. given their cap situation? Do you think that that potentially is a forward that they might be trying to add? Well, so I, I wanted to talk to you about this. So one of the things that's happened while you're you've been away is they've done this really dramatic, bold thing um, where they've had John Tavares become the third line center, playing Max Domi at your second line center. Now that has not worked. I mean, they've they've been winning games, so that's great. That's all 
you just want to win games, but they have not arrived at something that's sustainable. The numbers for Domi, Bertuzzi, Nylander are bad. And like they've been scoring a bit, so it's kind of made it less bad, but they're getting scored on basically as much as they're scoring and they're spending tons of time in their own end. And it is something they know about. It's something Charlie Keefe knows about, has talked about. So they they still really need a center. And I look at Adam Henrique. I mean, I mentioned it last week. You've you know kind of led the charge on that for years. Alex Wenberg would make some sense, but again, like, so what are you willing to pay to get those players? I don't know. I don't know what those players are going to cost. Like Wenberg, I would think wouldn't cost what Henrique would cost, but he's not as good as Henrique. So I don't know. Like I would spend. I would consider moving a first round pick for Henrique. Like maybe. I mentioned this in the story, like maybe you could get Anaheim to send you back a second round pick or a third round pick. You know what I mean? So suddenly it's not as damaging, I guess, for the future. I mean, I, I think it's definitely a significant need for them to add another piece, especially that can play down the middle, play tough defensive minutes. I just wonder how realistic it is that they're they're going to be able to do that. It's... <sighs> It's interesting, you know, the organizations had the same needs basically the whole season, right? And yeah. I, I would I would say even into the offseason last year, and they haven't been able to address them. You know, from the way that Tree Living was talking in like, what, October? Yep. It, was, it was that they needed certainly a defenseman, a top four defenseman, and they haven't been able to do it. And I, I just wonder if looking at the way it's shaping up with buyers and sellers that they haven't been able to add the defenseman that they wanted if they need to pivot with their expectations about what they're going to be able to do with the roster and what they're going to be able to add. I think there's either two things going on, either that they're going to, they're still going to attempt to make a big swing here yep. or they're just not going to be able to, and it's going to be some smaller moves that they make. And maybe it's going to be Labushkin and, and a depth forward and they just go with what they've got. And I feel like that would be a mistake, but it's hard to, to read at this point without seeing everything that's on the table around the league. Yeah. I mean, like to your point, like you can only trade for what's available and like you can only trade for people with stuff that like, I guess what I'm, I'm getting at is if other teams don't like what you're offering, what can you do? You know what I mean? Like you, unless you want to do something like foolish, like there just aren't, like we mentioned the center situation, there just aren't a lot of centers who are clearly going to be available. Centers obviously are always in high demand. Like it just, to your point, this has been an issue from the start. I mean, they started the season with a ninth, was he 19 or 18 Fraser Minton playing as their third line center. Like that tells you where they saw this. I mean, we started training camp with William Neander was going to be a center. And now they're at the point where they don't want to play Tavares in the second center spot. Um, for somewhat understandable reasons. Like it's, I just don't know that you can afford not to address it. I mean, could you win a cup with these centers? I guess I, I don't see it. Do you like, is that, is it possible? I guess it's possible. I think the the league, part of the reason why I think it'd be a mistake not to do more, like if they just add Labushkin and maybe one depth piece is there's a, there's a couple of reasons. They've got, they've got the cap space with Klingberg on LTIR. They have money that they can spend. So they can add a significant piece or two using that money. They did not do it with this trade. Right. But the other big thing is that the league is so wide open. And with them playing better of late, what, what's you know the, the, the seven-game winning streak, 
um, and just looking better and looking like a better defensive team and having some different looks. And I've liked the look of Tavares on the third line and you're getting, and I know it hasn't been perfect defensively with the second line that they're using there, but you can see a world where if they can add another piece, how this team all of a sudden goes from having a chance to, you know, really being in the mix to do something this year. And I look at the lineups around the league and nobody really, really scares you this year. You know, I think there's going to be 10, 11 teams that have a chance and the Leafs are in that group. And if some of the teams around you are adding more significant pieces, that feels a bit concerning and it feels like a missed opportunity. And then you go back to some of the years where, you know, they were trading second round picks for Brian Boyle and Plakanich and, you know, some of the other years where they, they, they push chips in more than what they've done so far this year. In those years, it felt like they didn't really have a chance to do anything. So seems a little bit backwards that way to me. Let's take a break and then let's get more into that because I think it's a, it's a really interesting point, like looking around at the rest of the league and how much that should factor in, how much it does factor in, how much like the play of your stars should factor in. Um, let's take a break and then let's dig a little deeper into that. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, James, you, you were mentioning, you know, you look around the league and like there's not really a team that like, I guess like the team most people would say the Leafs or anyone should be most afraid of, I guess, is Florida. Is is that where you would have it? I mean, they're number one in the league in points percentage. Uh, obviously, they went to the cup final last year. Are they kind of the big bad wolf for you? Well, and also they lost to them too, right? Like, And, yeah. and the stylistically, the way that they play is going to make them a really tough out for the Leafs. I mean... It's interesting this year, like it looks like the road runs through Florida and Boston, and those are both teams that are going to be tricky for the Leafs for stylistic reasons, you know, um, good defensive players, size, physicality. Um, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it, I, I, it's really close all the way through the East though. Like there's just, and, and even looking at the West, like, like I said earlier, there's no team that really, really scares me or that I say, you know, look at the struggles that Colorado's had with with their depth at forward, yeah. or or look at look at the you know Vegas has had with injuries decimating their lineup partly, and maybe they start to get healthy. But it's I I feel like this could be one of the years where the trade deadline makes a bigger difference than other years. Yeah, that's a really good point because like you could look at really every team and you could be like, well, I don't know about that. I mean, one team I I don't really have a ton of question marks. Like I think Dallas is pretty pretty good like yep yep um, but you're well, right and I, them adding tanev was was perfect yeah. i mean that's yes. kind of what they needed 
So yeah, yeah like you're right. Like they kind of check all the boxes, but obviously you don't have to face Dallas unless you get to the cup final. Um, I wonder how much that, that does factor in like just your divisional opponents and like if they're going to load up, like, do you think that pressure actually is real? Like you, you figure Florida is not afraid to, to make bold moves. They're not afraid to go for it. Uh, Boston, same thing. Like you think of all the stuff that Boston traded last year, they've been struggling a bit lately. So what are they going to do? Like I, I read, uh, I think Fluto had a story on the athletic about, uh, from Cam Neely, where he basically said they have needs like everywhere. I'm paraphrasing. Um, so yeah, like every team you look at, you're like, they, that's a hole. They have a hole there. You know, they got a, a problem. We're so focused on the Leafs. They're not immune to the, to some of that stuff. How much do you think that factors in? Like just look the pressure of other teams in your conference and in your division actually bolstering their lineups as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's very real. It's very real that if those teams get better, then all of a sudden it's, you know, I mean, we're talking about series where there's, it, it, they're going to be coin flips all over the league, right? So yeah, yeah, the yeah, Leafs are going to be, I mean, even the series they lost to Florida last year, yeah, it was five games, but, you know, games one and two yes. were really, really close. Most of the games in that series were really, really close. And that's what they're going to be looking at no matter who they face up against. And so I think if you can close, if you can close at least one of the holes you have, either get another center that can play relatively high in your lineup or get another top four defenseman, then you're you're gonna be you're gonna have you're gonna be in a much better position than if you have the two big holes. And I just feel like you give up a third round pick for Labushkin, it doesn't close either hole. It's really kind of just insurance in case you're not able to do anything else. Yeah. Well and and I think there is like um I I, I think I want to talk a little bit about Max Domi because I think the impression is like we or I don't like him. I just don't think he is suited to the role he's being asked to play. I, I like, I like lots about him. Like, I think there's lots to like, I, you know, he plays with tons of energy. Um, he's an excellent passer. It's just some of the stuff that, that he does, especially when he's playing center would scare me if I were a coach in a playoff series. And so that's why I think they need to ensure themselves. Like I was playing around with different combinations. Like if you were to trade for Adam Henrique, and if your third line is Domi on left wing, Henrique in the middle, and Yarncroft on the third on right wing, that's a pretty good third line. Like that, that line I, I trust because of Henrique and Yarncroft. I probably, if I'm Keith, I feel comfortable, you know, playing that line against just about anyone. Um, that takes some of the pressure off of Matthews. Like that's one of the things that's happened while you've been away, is because they've been having their lineup this way. Suddenly, Matthews is having to start like tons of shifts in his own zone. The, the Tavares thing, like you mentioned it, it hasn't really worked that well. The numbers aren't great. There's not really someone to to make plays for him. So I don't know that that's really super tenable, but they do seem to have found something with Domi and Bertuzzi. There's like a little connection there. So I don't know if that factors in anything, but again, like it would just kind of create more malleability to their lineup. Like, you know what I mean? Like you saw what happened when they got Ryan O'Reilly. Suddenly, like they could do some different things. I'm curious. Like they've got some real decisions to make here. If they're going to add another piece that's a three or a four million dollar player, mm-hmm. which they could do. And I mean, there's always the option of of retention or even double retention. But you know, what do you? Th- they've got a lot of players up in the NHL group right now, and some of them, like Connor Timmins and Giordano, are hurt right now. But how do you see this playing out? Like who are the odd men out? And if they have to get down to, let's say a 21 player roster in order to, to make another addition or two at the deadline, 
What do you think happens? Great question. Um, and something I've been thinking about. So Tree Living alluded to this today, just about like we have three goalies right now. We might not have three goalies tomorrow, basically. So that's like one move you can make at a certain point, right? That's one. But you look like just today, like forget about past the trade deadline. Like Yarncroft, I got to think if he's not ready, he's like 98% ready. Um, so that's going to cause them to have to make a roster move. So what is that roster move? Well, he's going to take Robertson's spot in the lineup. That seems pretty clear. You can just send down Robertson. I right. do think that's a little bit more complicated because of you know the season he's had, the history. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it's so simple that oh we'll just send him down. Who cares? Because I do but think he's, he like, he's like the only forward other than Nyes that doesn't require waivers right. to go down, right? What, and you, not just forward, but all the defensemen too all require waivers and the goalies all require waivers as well. Yes, exactly. So like that's the easy thing. Like they could just waive Noah Gregor. Like he hasn't scored in two months almost, like a month and a half. Um his role has kind of been lost. Like he doesn't really have a role in the team anymore. So like I don't I don't think he's like a hundred percent. And so like you're mentioning if you have to get down to twenty one, I mean Riley Brody, McCabe, Lilligren, Labushkin. Benoit, I think, is is going to stick around, right? Like he's hundred well. like, yeah, yeah, percent. And I one think, of the, and I think yeah. he's going to stay in the lineup too. So I'm not as convinced of that. Um, why? Why do you think so? Because they like him. Because they like what he brings. Because of all the things we're talking about in the kind of playoff series they're going to end up in, that they want him to be there. So it like so. Here's some of the names on the bubble. The way if I look at it right now, Yarncroft comes back. He comes off LTIR. He makes two point one. That's going to push them right to the brink on their cap space. They're only going to have one hundred and fifty k left. So you're going to have to start subtracting. And if you're bringing in a Henrique, you know Henrique's at what five point three. Yeah, it's a pretty big, need. pretty big number. Uh, unless you, even if you do double retention on that, you're going to have to subtract at least two players. So you know you could waive a William Legison. Uh, you could send Robertson down. You yep. could waive Noah Gregor. Uh, you could waive Martin Jones. That's the thing. If you decide not to carry three goalies, Jones has to go on waivers. And there's a lot of teams around the league that still need goalies. And I think he yep. gets claimed. Well, can so I th- th- can I throw a crazy idea at you? Sure. Is there any any world? I don't think I would do this, but I like I wouldn't rule anything out. Like, is there any world where you would decide? You know what? We'll we'll trade Samsonov. Walls our guy. Is that like no? That's He's no go. He's played too well. I mean, I, and I also don't think you need to do that. Okay. You know, I don't think, I think you could, you could waive Connor Timmons, who's barely played, who's been out yep. with Mono. If he gets healthy, you could put him on waivers. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a way you can free up, try and do the math in my head here. You know, you could free up probably $3 million relatively easy doing these things. It's been interesting, you know, like one of the names that I always thought was going to be in the mix and that was going to be Ryan Reeves, but he's played better of late. And I don't know that I see them putting him on waivers here before the deadline. Yeah. Honestly, man, like give him credit. Like I, I know he did a lot of work on his skating uh, with some of the skill coaches that they have. He doesn't look nearly as slow as he did. Like I still, I still don't love it because he's not bringing you any offense um, defensively, like he's not someone like you can count on to play in those spots. He's not going to kill penalties. Like I'd still, if I were them, I'd like to have someone who actually brings more to the table, but credit to him. Like he's pushed past Gregor. 
I think the the other guy you, you haven't mentioned is Holmberg. I think he requires waivers now. So yes, and he's yes. like you would lose him. Like he and like he, that's not the end of the world. But like he's a good young player. Like I still think he's figuring it out. Um, so that's not an option. I mean, well, one thing they could I, do, James, I, they could also, trade someone, right? Yes. Th- th- that's what I'm trying to look at here is like, I wonder if they need to trade someone to bring someone in. Like, cause it, it looks relatively tight. Um, the advantage to that is you can hang on to the pieces. You like, you want to have lots of depth on defense. You probably don't want to lose a William Legison for nothing and just wave him, you know, because he can be an eight, nine defenseman that if you run into injuries can play for you. Yeah. Yeah. I Do you mean, want to put Connor Timmons on waivers? Is he going to clear? He's got another year left on his deal. He hasn't, he's been hurt a lot. He hasn't played a lot this year. I don't think he would get claimed. Do you? So if you feel good enough about that, then you can free up enough money. So, so if they send down Robertson, Gregor, uh, and Timmons, and that's it, and they keep everybody else, that can get them up to about my calculations. If, if Giordano is going on LTIR, which we don't know yet, um, that gets them up to 2.8 million, which is probably enough to do anything you want, unless you're, unless you're doing two big moves, which feels unlikely at this point. Yeah. I mean, you could, like we just alluded to, you could trade someone on the roster. I don't know who that would be. Um, like you could trade Lilgren. He doesn't make much. You could trade, like, I'm just like candidates who would make some sense. Bertuzzi has, has played better now, so I think that's off the table. You could trade David Camp. I don't know how many teams are going to sign up for three more years at 2.4. You could trade Domi, but like I, I get like they clearly signed him for the playoffs. I get that. I don't think that's happening. Like I don't know what else really there would be to trade. Like, is there any world that you look at trading Brody? Uh, maybe I guess. I guess you could trade. I'm trying. I think they should try and make this work while having the three goalies, just in case there's an injury or yeah. one of them struggles. Or like, I think you probably try and not wave Jones because there's going to be yeah. so many teams around the league that are going to pick him up. Well, and quietly, James, like Samsonov is one. The numbers have really kind of gone back to not so good. Like not as bad as before, but he's basically. I think he is sub nine hundred in February or was because February's over. I'll just check. Yes. 888 in February, but he won six of eight. So yeah, like I, I think the insurance makes sense. Uh, we got to wrap. Is there anything else uh, you want to mention uh, before we go? No, I mean, I think it's going to be a really interesting week. We're going to try and jump on the pod as soon as other moves happen. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think they're, it feels like they're in a bit of a tough spot. I think they're trying to be more aggressive than they might be able to be. Um, so I can, I can see a world where, like I said, it could just be depth pieces that are, that were added. And I don't, it, it's been a strange season on the trade front. Cause I would have thought if you would have asked me a couple months ago, I would have thought they would have made a, a more significant deal before now Yeah, uh, to, change right. their, to change their roster. Like you look at how much they struggled for long stretches of the year it was just waiting and waiting and waiting. And we'll see if that patience pays off. Yeah. Like if you can do something bigger, I mean, maybe like, maybe you're waiting for some teams to kind of declare themselves out of the race. Could be, it, could be. it very well could be. And there's a bunch of teams, you know, that are in that 10 to 15% chance of making the playoffs that could just give up here in the next five days. All right. Well, the Leafs are going to play the Rangers on Saturday. That's going to be a, a really interesting game. The Rangers are like red hot. And then the Leafs have the Bruins, and then they have the Bruins again, and they play the Sabres. Like, it's a really interesting time. So we'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, go to theathletic.com slash Leaf Report uh, to sign up for The Athletic. We got lots there for trade deadline and obviously all the other sports. James, it's good to have you back. Welcome back to the Sunshine 
That's in Toronto. We have sun. Happy days. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.